Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in olive drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. Episode 1. Baby Boomers Wanted Growing up, I used to think of myself as just a common, regular, ordinary guy. But as I got older, I found out I was something special. Very, very special. So special, in fact, that demographers, whatever they were, came up with a name to describe me. They called me a baby boomer. Now, that meant I was one of those kids born shortly after World War II. There were a little over 70 million of us. Okay, maybe we weren't all that special. But we happened to be hanging around, having a good time, when that Vietnam War thing started. Now, Vietnam wasn't one of those quickie wars. It went on year after year after year. And that's when the country realized they needed soldiers. Lots and lots of soldiers. The politicians looked around, and there we were, the baby boomers. We were the perfect choice to fill the ranks in the military. Now, before I tell you how they got us, I should give you a little background about what being a baby boomer meant to me. Now, we baby boomers were the very first generation in history that grew up with that babysitter of all babysitters, television. I'm old enough to remember the first TV set that arrived on our block. We went over to a neighbor's house to look at it in operation. The screen was small, but it was also magical. And then we got one of those things for our own. And it wasn't long before the black-and-white television set in the living room became an important part of our lives. If you didn't watch TV, you had to read or talk to others in your family. TV usually won. Now, you have to remember, this was before the Internet and smartphones, before online streaming services, cable channels, DVDs, or even VHS tapes. And there were three channels, NBC, CBS, and ABC. If you lived in a large city like I did, you might also have a couple of local channels. What they put on is what you watched. And you watched it on their time schedule, not yours. You didn't have any other options. So, like many in my generation, my mind was filled with Howdy Doody, The Lone Ranger, Rin Tin Tin, The Mouseketeers, Zorro, My Three Sons, Our Miss Brooks, The Cisco Kid, and Mr. Ed, to name just a few. But my babysitter did something else, and this is important to my story. Through movies, documentaries, sitcoms, and dramas, my babysitter gave me the impression that our military was a force for good. It had saved the world from enemies seeking to destroy us during World War II, and it now stood as a sentinel to protect us against the very real enemy that was seeking to destroy us in the present day, communism. Now concerning the military, even today I can clearly remember stories that I saw on TV that made a positive impression on me. 
Uh, movies like Sergeant York, Casablanca, Yankee Doodle Dandy, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, 12 O'Clock High, Mr. Roberts, Victory at Sea, uh, some TV shows like The West Point Story or Annapolis Story. <laughs> I can remember uh, The D.I., that was one of my favorites, Francis the Talking Mule, No Time for Sergeants, Operation Petticoat, McHale's Navy, Hogan's Heroes. I still drop by YouTube sometimes and check out old episodes of The Phil Silver Show just to see what Sergeant Bilko is up to. My point? By the time I graduated from high school, my babysitter had shown me scores and scores of movies and TV shows about the military, and I learned that it was good and our country was good. Now, in fact, the military of the generation before us baby boomers has been called by many the greatest generation. Uh, we were called something else. But <laughs> let's go on. I should also let you know there was one other little item we baby boomers became aware of. We were the first generation raised with the very real threat of this thing called global nuclear war. It wasn't just a theoretical idea. It was a reality. We had the bomb, and so did they. The plan our government came up with to protect us from global nuclear war was called Mutual Assured Destruction, MAD. <laughs> what a great thought. My babysitter made sure that I saw pictures of above-ground nuclear tests on TV Specially constructed towns were filled with mannequins, and we watched Mrs. Mannequin serve breakfast to Mr. Mannequin and her two children, boy mannequin and girl mannequin. What can I say? Back then, we actually thought there were just boys and girls. We heard the countdown, and then we heard the explosion and saw the wind from the atomic blast leveled their home, their fictitious town, obliterating everything, leaving only the mushroom cloud. This baby boomer, me realized he could be vaporized in a few seconds. That thought was reinforced in our monthly nuclear attack drills. Now you heard me right. I lived in L.A., which was considered a prime target of a Russian nuclear attack, and every month the warning sirens would ring throughout the city testing the warning systems. Radio stations joined the cacophony, telling what instructions they would give if it were a real nuclear attack. Now, in elementary school, not only did we have fire drills and earthquake drills, I did live in L.A., remember, but we also had nuclear attack drills. We huddled under our desks and were told how to position ourselves away from the windows and never to look at the blast, otherwise our eyes might melt right in their sockets. And then there were the bomb shelters. Now, we lived in a poor neighborhood, and so no one I knew was able to build a bomb shelter for protection from a nuclear attack. Or, if they did, they didn't let us know about it. But I had read the book Hiroshima by John Hersey, and I wasn't sure surviving a nuclear attack was that great of an option. And where would this attack come from? Well, there was no question. The Russians... The Soviets made it very clear they were going to spread their vision of communism throughout the world, even if that meant a conflict with the United States. I can remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, when we thought nuclear war was a very real possibility. The local grocery stores had been cleaned out because people were preparing for the attack. 
Now I should let you know something else. I grew up and I developed a love of history. And one of the things I noticed in my study is that people, us humans, had this penchant for engaging in wars. Wars were not an unusual activity. Even in America, wars seemed to be a part of life. Before we became a country, there was the French and Indian War. Less than a decade later, there was the American Revolution. The next generation had to deal with the War of 1812. There was a war with the Barbary Pirates. There were Indian Wars, the Mexican War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, and the War of My Generation, the Vietnam War. It seemed like just about every generation had to deal with a war. And some had to deal with multiple wars in their lifetimes. I think of my grandmother. She was born in 1901. I don't know if she was alive. She certainly wasn't aware of the Boxer Rebellion in China. But she was a teenager during World War I, that war to end all wars. She used to tell me stories of how she would go down to dances held for the soldiers being sent off to war. And she would live to see America engaged in four wars. It just was not an unusual activity. Now, my dad was old enough in World War II to be drafted, but he was 4F, so he didn't have to serve. His brothers, however, did serve. And I had another relative who was drafted during the Korean War era. And then, here I was, about to graduate from high school, and the war of my generation was being fought. I was wondering, was it my turn to go to war? Now, one more thing you should know before I tell you about my time in Olive Drab. I became a Christian during my junior year in high school. That would also impact the story I'm going to share with you, but I'll talk more about that later. Right now, I'd like to share a lesson from my time before I got my official Olive Drab outfit from the United States Army. The lesson is, be careful what you choose to fill your mind with. The news, the music, the literature, the movies, and today the social media. All of these sources will impact your world view. They help form what you think is right or wrong, helpful or harmful, good or evil. In today's world especially, consider what stories you're putting into your mind. What are you letting shape your beliefs and your value system? Uh, the Bible says an interesting thing in Philippians 4.8 concerning that. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I would encourage you to look at what you are putting into your mind. Does it meet those standards, the ones that God laid out for us? Or do you have different standards that let thoughts and ideas come into your brain affecting your worldview? Okay, in the next episode, I'm going to share with you how our government got us baby boomers to become part of the military. Now, I'll give you a hint. For many, it was this thing called the draft. See you next time.